You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's Monday. It's The Big Show. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Russick and Rose live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Flames! Hey now. Yes, sir. Big 6-3 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Loss of disgust. From an extremely busy weekend. <laughs> now, I... Lots of news was made after the Flames win. Which I think is kind of overshadowing... Shattering? Overshadowing the impressive win over Tampa Bay. Yes, sir. Team looked good. Team looked pretty good. Outside of like 47 seconds where they gave up two goals. Couple of board battles lost in the corner that ended up in the back of your net and... Apart from that, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I thought the uh, the Flames looked really good mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, beating those Tampa Bay Lightning 6-3. to three. Um, I haven't been in this city for long, but it, I know it's always dangerous to make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think there'll be some juice in the building tonight. Oh, hot take, George. With Johnny Goudreau and the Columbus Blue Jackets in town for the first time. He's back. This is going to be a fun one. Everywhere, oh, yeah. Everywhere I went all weekend long, this is all people could talk about. The return of Johnny Goudreau. Finally back. January 23rd, 609 points in the regular season. And eventually left. Yep. But now he's back. So... Can I, uh, we're all together here, uh, Matty Rose, producer Patrick DeMont, technical director Alex Brody. Um, can I give you an example of, I was thinking about how Johnny, how it feels that Johnny's back tonight. Sure. Yeah. Hit me. Um, to me, it's like a girlfriend who broke up with you mm-hmm. and now you're at a mutual friend's party mm-hmm. a few months later and you're seeing her for the first time. That's what I kind of feel like tonight's game is to me. A girl you really wanted to stay with, but she broke up with you, mm-hmm. and now she's going to a party at a mutual friend's house, and you're going to see her for the first time. That's what I feel like tonight's game is against the Jackets, because now you actually hate that ex for what they did to you. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair, to, and you're going to try and be at jo- your best. jovial, and you're going to try and behave well, yeah. but maybe you're going to get a couple drinks in you and say something that you probably shouldn't. Or maybe you'll do like 20 push-ups before you go to the <laughs> before to the party, so you're looking a little better. You see her, you go quick trip to the bathroom, a yeah. couple of tricep dips on the on yeah. the bathtub. The beach is that way? Yeah. <laughs> Pat, producer Patrick Dumont, <laughs> do, you, do you like my analogy? Does it work for you? Uh, a little, yeah, kind of. It's all right. I you think, can say if it doesn't. I mean, you've already seen him once. No, but that doesn't. I get it. it I get it. It doesn't matter there. But like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's because they left. On, he left on his own volition. I don't know. It's just. It just feels like I don't know. It is a good analogy. I it was messy. It. it was messy. It, but it's all right. It was a messy breakup. Mm-hmm. We've all been through a messy breakup. That was a messy breakup. But he's like, oh, I'm going to come back, and then no, an hour yeah. later, I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was he was make, talking about making plans with you, talking yeah. about a future with you, oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden, pulled the shoot, break up. Yeah. That's done. what happened. Yeah, he tapped out and left, and left is wanting, left needing, but at the same time, 
I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people in this fan base that have kind of come around to it and come to terms with it at this point. But that doesn't mean that the building is not going to lack any sort of charge. Yeah. Um, like I said in the off season, like this is going to be probably one of the more exciting Columbus Blue Jacket versus Calgary Flames games in that the we've history seen in the Scotiabank Saddle ever. They played some fun games there last year, or the one fun game there last year where it's like a nine six game, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. It was fun, but nothing like this. This is going to be different. Um, got a text here. Her George has separated from his wife for Sylvia. I'm not married. It's for Sylvia. FYI. Oof. That's the one who calls you Marty Rose? That would be the beginning her. of the Rose Report? Sweet Sylvia. She seems lovely. Yeah. Why, why, did the, why does the texter have to cast aspersions like that at Sylvia? I, I don't know, George. That's So Sylvia, Sylvia's your Jen, because there's a, a, a Jen who calls into Blue Jays talk after oh. the game. The Jays could win like 15 to nothing, and she'd be like, <laughs> I didn't like Matt Chapman's plate <laughs> approach in the fourth. You're like, you're like Jen. They won 15 to nothing. I didn't like how he looked at the strike zone. He was being too passive, and she sounds like that. Oh, like she's got a, a nice. I don't know about you, but I I enjoy my ladies with a nice deep gravelly voice. Yeah, like a box of cigarettes type of growl yeah, to her. I think it has a lot of character. Well, There's lo- a lot of timber that, in that voice. That, that I enjoy that lunch lady candor. Yeah. Mashed potatoes uh, again. Got, got another good text here. A good analogy. However, she's now with a big loser now. And that's the that's the positive thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she definitely didn't upgrade. No, no, no. She did not upgrade on you. Yeah. Right? On you, Calgary Flames fans. Definitely didn't upgrade. That's a nice thing. You can look at it and say, yeah. Oh, I think I look better. I think I think I maybe a little slimmer. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm funnier. I think I got a little bit more to my personality. Yeah. Um, got a text here, too. Indifference is all Goudreau deserves. There's no way. There's People are going to be like, eh, when he touched the puck tonight? No. There's going to be a lot of booze. Like, I think that the measuring stick for me is what we saw with Matthew Kachuk when he returned. And no, that, I think it, I think it's going to be worse. No, but my point being, I didn't expect that to be as bad as like booing as it was. I yeah. thought that it would be for portions of the game, but they were on him for the entire contest anytime he touched the puck, which I appreciate. Excellent. Yeah. But that just kind of gave me a little bit of perspective because knowing everything that we know from the offseason, um, I think a lot of fans feel more jilted by Johnny Gaudreau than Matthew Kachuk. Um, it's been a, uh, it, well, it's going to be an emotional game tonight down at the Saddle Dome. No question. Uh, we have it all for you right here. Flames warm up starting at 630 Flames Talk. Of course, past timer at 4 p.m. The telethon begins at 4 p.m. But um, something happened to on Saturday afternoon, too, because we're, we're going to get to a lot more uh, Johnny Goudreau stuff, too, sure. straight ahead. But I want to do this, and then we'll get back to Johnny Hockey. You got it. Um, a lot of people were were pining, were yearning for the Jacob Peltier um, NHL debut. Mm-hmm. And I thought about my poll question I sent out Thursday, mm-hmm. which happens first. The Sportsnet 960 Twitter account is back, or Jacob Peltier makes his NHL debut. Were they pretty close? Surprisingly close. It, well, it was 70% of our listeners thought the Sportsnet 960 Twitter account. It's back. It's finally. Can we get an applause, yeah! Alex? It's finally back. Let's go. Yes. Congratulations to Twitter for uh, restoring the at Sportsnet 960 Twitter account. 
Apparently, we're old enough to have a Twitter account again, which is good news for all of us. Just excited to be back on the scourge we're of back. social media. Yeah, we're we're back on that just dumpster fire <laughs> that is Twitter. But J- we're back, baby. Jumping right back into the cesspool. We are back, baby. So uh, Flames with an impressive 6-3 win over a very good Tampa Bay team, a team that's won two of the last three Stanley Cups, obviously a finalist last season. But uh, a lot of people post-game were talking about the Jacob Peltier quote uh, from head coach Daryl Sutter. and. Can I tell you the vibes I got from Daryl? This is this is just my observation. Sure. Before we play the clip. Uh I got a lot of Mike Babcock vibes from Daryl. Sure. On on Saturday. And uh knowing Mike Babcock and and experiencing Mike Babcock at the old place I used to work with, he always had this like I'm smarter than you attitude and that if I if it's it's my way or the highway and I am the supreme leader of this team, do not question any decision I make. Shut up, and I will tell you what the best decision for the team is. I kind of got those vibes on Saturday with the Jacob Peltier quote. And to me, the actual quote and how it was handled maybe wasn't a big deal. The thing to me that sticks out the most from this quote is that it was premeditated, and he was waiting to do this reaction. It's not the actual quote. It's the act of grabbing his reading glasses, grabbing the stat sheet, doing the theatrics of it all. What number is he? Yes, exactly. It was premeditated. He was waiting for this question and then did that. The quote to me isn't really that bad, to be honest with you, because ultimately he said it's tough to be 21 and play in the National Hockey League, and I understand that. It's just how he was like, oh, this is how I'm going to handle this situation when I'm asked about it post game. That's yep. I, you painted it perfectly. Your words are prime. That's exactly the way I felt being in the room at the same time. It was uh, a guy who was frustrated about being asked about young kids over and over that he doesn't think are going to make such an impact. And then Jacob Pelche gets his start and arguably doesn't really have a ton of an impact in the game. And then he just read the stat sheet. Yeah. He was okay in the first period. Had a, a one really good shift. Yeah. Awful in the face-off circle, though. Really well, yeah, but what are it. you expecting? I know. I'm from saying a guy make his say NHL debut. Very tugged. I was laughing sitting with Pat Steinberg. The first two shifts he takes, Trevor Lewis tossed out of the draw on his first two shifts. Yeah. Oh, it, welcome to the NHL. Yeah. Here, here's a face-off against Steven Stamkos. Off you go. Yeah, he looked like he was the visiting team in a ceremonial face-off, <laughs> which is fine because that's a tough situation for him <laughs> to be in. But uh, two you got, clean losses. Yeah, you got you got the uh, you got the clip from uh, Saturday afternoon about being asked about his, his NHL debut. Alex hit it on the big show. Uh, Jacob Pelche, what number is he? Forty nine. Six minutes, thirty five seconds, thirteen shifts, average thirty seconds a shift. Got forty three seconds in the power play. Played five minutes, fifty two seconds. Had one shot and goal and one hit. Beyond the stats. Anything you learned just from being on the bench and seeing what the veterans on the team are doing? It's NHL. 21 years old. It's got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, again, the comment itself to me isn't that bad. It's fine. It's just the it's just the theatrics behind it. It's like, come on, man. Like, again, I I I look forward to interviewing Daryl. I've never done it. On this radio station, I'm sure eventually you and I will have the opportunity to do it. 
But stuff like that just gives me a lot of Mike Babcock vibes. And that's just not good for anybody in the city. Like, it, it wears thin. Like, the act that John Tortorella has... That he's had from city to city to city, and I know that, and I know he's a Stanley Cup champion. We much, suck, much like Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter is a slam dunk Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. There's no question the guy's going to the Hall of Fame. And when people say fire the coach, fire the coach, who are you replacing him with? Yeah, who is a better option out there? They he literally won Coach of the Year last year, right? Okay, maybe you can sell me on Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz isn't coming to Calgary to be the head coach of the Flames, and. Once again, this goes back to my overarching point. I don't think that ownership's he's on the not going to do it. I don't think right. he's on the hot seat. It's just not going to happen. But so, like, yeah. he just needs to have a bit of a softer approach. That's all it is. Because stuff like this, it's petty. That's what it is. It's petty, and there's no need for it. And it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the organization. It's not good for the media. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the young players in the organization. It's not good for anybody. It's just theatrics that are unnecessary. I'm I'm right there with you. I didn't I didn't love being in the room for it and the entire moment that it was. Um, Although I like awkward, but anyway, yeah, it, I I do like awkward, but it's the other thing too, where you know we we've said it about NHL coaches for a long time. You can say it about any sport, really, but you know they have a shelf life. You know, air quotes for lack of a better term, shelf life. You know the you the 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 stick wears thin. Yep. After a certain amount of time with guys like Daryl, like Babcock, like Torts, like Ken Hitchcock when he was coaching teams in the NHL. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I agree. It's not good for the player. I will say, like, the emotion around the team after that game did not match the emotion in the Daryl Sutter press conference when we were able to go into the locker room. It was family day. So a lot of the players had their young kids in attendance. They had them in the locker room after the game. Of course, Jacob Peltier makes his debut, and everyone was excited for the young kid to get in. And if you listen to his press conference after, too, like the, the energy that he brings, yeah. is, it's infectious, to say the least. I'm intrigued to see what his role continues to be on this team because, honestly, I, I didn't have a problem with how much he played in that game given... Yeah. The opposition, given how everybody else was going, mm-hmm. given all of the special teams that we ended up seeing, and he did get on the penal- on the power play on that second unit and, and get some time there as well. But I don't know. First game, six and a half minutes, had two outstanding shifts in the first period. You move on. You see what he can do against Columbus and Chicago this week. Ideally, I'd like to see him again. Yeah, it, you want you want to see the kid get some ice time and some opportunities here. Him and Walker Dewar add a lot of speed to that fourth line. Uh, we haven't necessarily seen on that fourth line. We I, I keep harping that this team needs more high-end skill, but I think I think we can all agree the team also needs a lot more speed. And those guys obviously bring that to the table. But again, it's just it's exhausting. And it's Well and and here's the thing I always yeah, come back to. Just, if we find it exhausting, if we find it exhausting, who get it? You know, via a press conference every other day and then a post-game availability after every game. Like, we have a very limited interaction with the guy in comparison to yeah. the guys who actually work in there. Yeah, I'm again, it's okay to be emotional. Mm-hmm. It's okay to think you're the smartest guy in the room. And sure. you should be. You're the head coach of the team. But the act on Saturday was a little petty. And I just, I just think it's unnecessary. You, all the respect in the world for what that guy's accomplished and what he does. One of the best coaches in the NHL. There's no question his resume speaks for itself. 
But stuff like that on Saturday is just unnecessary. That's all it is. It's unnecessary. And it'd be better for everyone if just those things don't happen. Yeah. Right? Because it just wears on everybody. All right. That, that's my opinion on it. Uh, we got Julian McKenzie later on in the show. We'll ask him that, too. He'll join us at 8.30. Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS at the top of the hour. Divisional round of the playoffs. Tons of football to get to. We'll do that in the Rose Report straight ahead at 6.30. And Brian Hedger, Blue Jackets writer for the Columbus Dispatch, will join us at 7.30. All right. Back to um, back to Johnny Goudreau. Yes. So uh, he's back tonight. First game. I'm sure it'll follow. I'm sure there'll be a nice round of applause for the video tribute, and there should be, because sure. that guy brought a lot to the table in his eight seasons in Calgary, had a lot of great moments, uh, was a very good player for this franchise. It's just he left on bad terms, and you always remember the sour taste in your mouth on how he left, and that's never going to change. Um, there's a big concert announcement. Big tickets we're giving away later on in the show at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Um, we did this for Matthew Kachuk. We said, hey, why don't you give us your uh, friendliest Matthew Kachuk chirp? Sure. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. But I think we got to go the other way this time. We're going to twist it for Johnny Goudreau because uh-huh. I think there's still a lot of hurt feelings in this city. Mm. There's still a lot of bitterness mm-hmm. on how he left. Mm-hmm. You go, just go back to the summer and just if you if you... Remember how you felt and how angry and and slighted you felt. Maybe you can use some of that remaining venom and shoot us a text at 960-960, name and location. This is what we're going to do. I uh, was on the phone last night uh, yeah, with sure. um, Texty McTexterson. Oh. Uh, the text reading robot that I used at the other station. Doing well? City at, yeah. Family's good? He's decided to to come to Calgary and read some text messages. Unbelievable. It took me a lot of coercing. Mm-hmm. I go, hey, move to Calgary. It's a great city, great people. You really enjoy it here. He's like, all right, fine. I'll come over and read some text messages. You got to come and try the bowling. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We'll talk about that later, too. This is what we're going to do. You shoot us your best borderline radio-friendly Johnny Goudreau chirp. 960-960 name and location. Oh, You yeah. have to tell us who you are and where you're texting from to be able to win concert tickets at 8 o'clock that we're giving away. We can't tell you what the concert is or who the band is, but it's a pretty big deal, and it's going to be in this city. You don't have to go to Edmonton. No. Nope. You don't have to drive three hours. And or wait put on your 2024. No, you don't have to wait <laughs> 10 years from now. You don't have to go pair your dress shoes with your jogging pants and drive three hours north. It's going to be in this city. And that big concert announcement is happening at 8 o'clock. And what we're going to do at 8 o'clock is we're going to texty McTexterson is going to read your barely radio-friendly Johnny Goudreau chirps, and we're also going to take a couple calls, and the best Johnny Goudreau chirp this morning will win tickets to this concert. It's tickets that you want to win. This is a pretty big name. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, a washed-up band. Yeah, we're, we're not bringing in... The only thing I'm going to say, and I don't want to give too much away, it's a very polarizing band. Yeah, 100%. But there's a lot of... There's a lot of there's a lot of closet fans of this band that don't really want to admit it, but they like this band. Especially as the years have you know gone what? on. It's, it's kind of like the CFL of bands. A lot of people <laughs> crap on it, but a lot of people still watch it and enjoy it. Have they played the halftime show? Yes, they have. Okay, enough with the hints. Okay, well. But your chance to win these tickets is at 8 o'clock 
with your barely radio-friendly Johnny Goudreau chirps, 960-960, name and location, the best chirp on the text line, read by Texty McTexterson at 8 o'clock, or on the phone line at 8 o'clock, will win the tickets. And we have a pair of tickets to give away all week. So we're excited about that, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. All week long. Every time we have prize tickets, the, the text line really comes to play. Yeah, because they want to win stuff. Because they want to win stuff. Yeah. And that's natural. Yeah. Just makes the show better. The only way you can win mm-hmm. is if you tell us who you are and where you're texting from. No uh, anonymous text? Unless, nope. what about uh, what about fake names and locations? Well, I don't care. Like, yeah, I don't okay. know if you're using a fake name. We still see your phone number. We'll still be in contact with you. Because uh, I like the one, like, whenever they sign in and it's from you. That I like when those come in. What do you mean? When we have different topics and it's and it's irrelevant of our, our personalities. Okay. Never mind. That's All right. My fake name at a bar is Mike Honcho now, too, by the way. <laughs> Mike Honcho. Mike Honcho. Nice. Very okay. Uh, 960, 960, name and location. Straight ahead on the Rose Report. Talk about the Flames weekend. We'll look ahead to this game against the Jackets. Uh, we had some crazy playoff football yesterday. The Vancouver Canucks are an absolute tire fire. Like, it's actually getting to a point now where, like, it's sickening even to look at the Vancouver Canucks. I, how did you do Bruce Boudreaux like this? Okay, we'll talk about that straight ahead in the Rose Report, too. How did you do it? Yeah, Charles Davis on the NFL on CBS. It's a busy show. It's Monday. There's always lots of stuff going on. It is the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, time for the Rose Report, brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Ah, yes. Come one, come all inside the Monday Morning Report. We got the latest on the Flames after a win over Tampa on Saturday. Plus, they welcome Johnny Gaudreau to the Dome tonight. The Flames battle the Blue Jackets. The NFL weekend did not disappoint. Plus, we got... Raptors updates, some tennis, some golf, and some other local notes, too. So, let's dive right on in. Flames playing a matinee game at the Dome against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. The debut of 2019 26th overall pick, Jacob Peltier. Playing on the line with Trevor Lewis and Walker Dewar. Uh, really liked the second shift for him. The first period, he was noticeable for sure. But in the second shift, he stripped a, a lightning player of the puck in the neutral zone before setting up Walker Dewar for a rush chance and jumping on a rebound opportunity. The first period also featured a rare Milan Lucic fight as he scrapped with Ian Cole. Don't get to see that too often anymore. Flames did get a couple of power plays later on the period. They would pull ahead with the man advantage. Kadri wins the off back to the left point to Anderson. Back up to the blue line and play at top of the near circle to Foley. Shoots and scores! Perfectly executed face-off play as they win the draw. Back and forth to Foley and Anderson. To Foley is able to shoot the puck. It goes off Nazem Kadri's stick and through the wickets of Andre Vasilevsky to give the Flames an early lead. They led 1-0 after 20 minutes of play. I thought it was a good start for the Flames, and that's something we've been uh, harping on this team uh, a lot lately is uh, just the poor starts to periods. And we all know that afternoon games can be a little wonky. Weird mm-hmm. things happen during afternoon games. But after what we saw Wednesday against the Avalanche, where they were completely caved in in the first 20 minutes, they go out there and put that effort forth against the Lightning. Super encouraging if you're a Flames fan. And honestly, I thought parts of the second period were even more encouraging because it starts off near the midway point with some not good play. A, a lapse for about a minute of, of playing time. 
Cuts off foot, puck comes in front, Stamkos scores! Steven Stamkos, who scored the 500th goal of his NHL career earlier this week, absolutely wires one by Dan Vladar. Paul brings the puck the other way, and dances by Uyghur, but then gets hit knocked off the puck of the far corner by his partner Tanev. Lightning center, and Nemestikov knocks it to the net and in, they've scored! Steven Stamkos gets his 23rd, Vlad Nemestikov gets his 4th as the Lightning take the lead with goals 48 seconds apart. A couple of lost battles in the corner and Tampa capitalizes, but created a little bit of a gut check moment for the team, George. Yeah, and, and you gotta like how the Flames responded, too. And you know what I was thinking after uh, after the game on Saturday, because uh, the Flames put up six goals. What? You think Jacob Marstrom secretly sitting on the bench goal? How about that run support for me, guys? <laughs> like, what about me over here? Yeah. Like, maybe give me a little bit of a cushion so now I don't have to make every heart-stopping save to keep this team in this game. You get a couple of empty netters in there to ride yeah. it up late, but I, I understand the point, run especially support. early on. Give me a little more run support, maybe, gents. Maybe if we didn't have to chase the game when I was in net. Like, yeah. Maybe if we weren't chasing the game and giving up ridiculous chances, that would be lovely. At the same time, the, the team has the worst save percentage in the first period, and he's part of that. It's two-way street. Okay. The Flames Two bounce back. Two things can be true. Two things can be true. Two th uh, Tyler Toffoli? Mm. Pretty good shooter. Yeah. That is a true thing. After the Lightning were able to score those two quick goals, it was the Flames who were able to bounce back before the end of the period. He'll back it up to the blue line. Dubé shoots at a stop. Rebound. Toffoli can't knock it in. Now he does. They've scored. 17th for Tyler Toffoli. Uh, some real good effort to stick with the play. Doesn't give up and is able to get the puck to go home. Ties the game, but they would not be denied the lead. Now Backlund centers it. Ajapani drops it. Anderson shoots and scores! Rasmus Anderson pinballs the puck past Andre Vasilevsky. Seventh goal of the season for Raz. That made it 3-2 with just three minutes to go in the period. His postgame scrum featured his son Benjamin, if you haven't seen it. Adorable. Uh, Flames able to take the lead into the second intermission. I thought Anderson and Hannafin were fantastic in that game. Yeah, the Hannafin turnover to Steven Stamkos is a, a blemish for sure. That was a stinker. But apart from that, they were outstanding. They and were very good. Th that's for all the um, all the fans out there who's like, you know, can, can Rasmus Anderson you know, be a true number one defenseman in the NHL? Because it feels like he's, you don't really know, right? Is he going to blossom into that guy? usually go like a week looking like it, and then right. maybe a game or two and where he doesn't. And that's the frustrating part. Mm -hmm. And then you see a game like Saturday against an elite opponent. It's like, more of this, please, sir. Yes, sir. Seventh goal of the season for Rasmus Anderson. In the third period, Flames looking for some insurance. The shot. He scores! Streaking down the left side, Dylan Dubé rips the puck right into the top quarter of the lightning net. I was having a chat with someone in the press box yesterday during the game about Dylan Dubé. Do you want and, to give names up or no? And uh, was saying, man, I love the speed and I love the shot. And uh, the individual said, man, but he's not very accurate with that shot. And sure enough, snipes it. Down the boards, absolute zipper right over the glove of Andre Vasilevsky. Great goal for Dylan Dubé. Uh, I love when he shoots the puck off the rush. He's dangerous when he does it. He can score that way. We've seen him do it before. Anthony Sorelli would score a goal for the Lightning as they pulled the net with about four minutes left, but then the Flames scored a couple of empty netters themselves about 45 seconds later. 6-3. Final score. Flames were able to beat 
the Tampa Bay Lightning. We talked about the quote from Daryl Sutter on Jacob Helche a little bit in the first segment. If you missed it, podcast will be up shortly. But I did want to get to the postgame audio from Jacob Helche, who was very refreshing speaking to the media. It's unreal. I mean, uh, when I came out for a warm-up, I was kind of stressed. Uh, first shift, too. But, you know, uh, I think after uh, the first one, I was like, I mean, it's, it's just uh, playing hockey, right? So, uh, yeah. I love the energy. If you watch the press conference, he's very animated when he speaks. Uh, he's a fun fun player just to kind of be around, and you hope that he gets a little bit more of a look here. Uh, I love the fact that uh, he talked about how his parents took the latest possible flight from Montreal. And then they had to go like home in the morning. because they own like a family-owned grocery store in Quebec, so they had to like go right back to open up shop on Monday after yeah, the game. It's great stuff. It's a great story. Uh, it's really nice, and you just want to see him, you know, kind of show what he can do here. And I know there's a lot of, uh, and we talked about it in our show. I know Pat's mentioned it too. A lot of Manjapani vibes potentially around Jacob Peltier. Uh, maybe you know earn his keep here under Daryl Sutter on the fourth line, and then hopefully eventually uh, you just hope he can blossom into a guy you can confidently put into your top nine as his career moves along here. But obviously, it's still a long road to go here. One game into his NHL career, but I'm looking forward to what he looks like tonight. Flames talk will go at 4 o'clock with our boy Pat Steinberg. The Pat Steinberg telethon for misplaced keys. Keys. Okay. You didn't have something ready, did I you? I didn't have something ready today. Trying to go off the cuff there. Flames warm-up will go at 6.30 with our boy Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius. And then Pete and Derek Wills will have the call of this one at 7.30. Looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be electric tonight. Uh, this is the game I think a lot of Flames fans had circled on their calendars uh, once Johnny Goudreau decided to leave Calgary. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be a lot of emotions tonight, I think, after the video tribute. And you should give the guy a round of applause because he did mean a lot to this franchise, gave this team a good eight years. But he also left on really, really sour terms. And if you want to boo him ferociously throughout the entire game. It's well in your right. Uh, it's well in your right and actually probably encouraged. And uh, you actually have a chance to uh, win some concert tickets at 8 o'clock if you give us a good borderline radio-friendly chirp about Johnny Goudreau 960, 960, name and location, or Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, Texty McTexterson. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. Johnny Goudreau's Flames career encapsulated in a 33-second audio montage. Back to Chris Green. Slams one towards the goal, tipped in by Johnny Goudreau. His first NHL game, he's got his first NHL goal, and Calgary's on the board. Johnny Goudreau all the way around, Goudreau shoots, scores! A beauty by Johnny Goudreau, makes it 2-0 Calgary. Was that something or what? To Johnny Goudreau, Goudreau in front, feeds a pass to Leno, stopped by Ottinger, took it up high, Goudreau scores! Didn't come to Columbus to, you know, Check out the views. You know, I came here to win hockey games, and, and, and that's important to me. Columbus has views. They win hockey games? Yeah, the state capitol building. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like oh, again, I don't want to. Yeah. Because our listeners got really upset with me when I said, you know, what's in South Dakota? <laughs> it's like, they got Mount Rushmore, idiot. Yeah, Devil's got- Tower, man. Land. Yeah. Devil's so what's, Tower's dope. So what's in Columbus? Ohio State University. Great. So he goes and drives by the university and says, cool. Man, I'll never yeah. have to go there. And like <laughs> I've said the entire time, he has a short plane ride away from home. Mm, so good yeah. for him from going home, sort of. That's mean to call him short. <laughs> 
<laughs> fifth in franchise points with 609. Fifth in assists, 399. Ninth in goals, 210. Those franchise ranks with the Calgary Flames. The year prior to his departure, the second most productive season we've ever seen from a Calgary Flame, 115 points. Second only to Kent Nielsen's 131 in the very first season that the Flames were in Calgary. But then he left. Other NHL notes, the Canucks fired Bruce Boudreaux Sunday morning. In the worst-kept secret in the sports world, Rick Talkett has replaced Boudreaux with former NHLers Sergei Gonchar and Adam Foote joining the coaching staff. Boudreaux was pretty emotional as he walked the proverbial plank the last couple of weeks. And honestly, this thing has been brutal to watch. It has been an absolute mess on everybody in the Vancouver Canucks front office. Like Bruce Boudreaux trying to hold back tears as the crowd is chanting, Bruce, there it is. And what we all knew was his final game was one of the most preposterous and Bush League things I have ever seen. Awful. Okay. Um, do you remember when the Canucks made all these hires and go, what a progressive, smart organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody on social media was falling all over, all over themselves. Like, what a great organization. And then this brain, tr- brain trust, as I use it in quotations, this is how they decided to handle this whole situation. Like, can you handle this any worse than the Vancouver Canucks did? It's not like they did this to a guy who isn't respected around the league and has, and has won a ton of games in the NHL, a guy who's very liked. It's not like you did this to, to a guy who's barely been the head coach and you just and you just fired him. No, they did this to a guy who a lot of people like and respect. I don't know what – I don't even know what they're doing. Like – what does a coaching change no, do but, for you here? That's right. What do you, if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, so you're fired. So this is what ownership is doing. This is what they're telling the fans, in my opinion. You're firing the coach because you want to win games. Mm-hmm. So the, obviously the ownership is so delusional that they think they're still actually a playoff team, which isn't the case. They're a very mediocre team with a lot of bad contracts and a lot of mediocre players. And now on top of everything else, you want to trade your captain away. It is an absolute laughing stock in Vancouver right now. Even the Coyotes are looking at the Canucks and going, "You guys are, you guys got some problems over here." <laughs> this is a bit of a mess. No, but honestly, like yeah. everybody's like, I, I don't even know what the answers are in Vancouver. But you are nowhere near being a Stanley Cup contender for years to come. And honestly, if you're Rick Tockett, outside of wanting another head coaching job. And getting those competitive juices flowing again? What the hell are you looking for in Vancouver? Why would you want to even take that job to play under that ownership and that organization? Like, they're going to be bad and mediocre for years to come here. Yeah. Which ultimately is good if you're a Flames fan. Sure. You can point at that team and go, good thing they're in our division. Especially if they don't bottom out this year and get Connor Bedard. Look at some of these other... Look at the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Like you look at some of these awful the sharks. If you're a Flames fan, you're like, thank God they're in our division. Yeah, look how bad these franchises are. Yeah, and for a Canadian team to kind of do what they did in such a very heated market, where their fan base is so passionate, so just dying for a winner, pining for the years of the Sedin twins. And Roberto Luongo, where that team was winning President's Trophies and getting a win away from winning a Stanley Cup, man, they have fallen hard. And the only thing you got to point to is the ownership of the team because it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And uh, Rick Tockett also has a sub-500 coaching record 
as a head coach in, in his time in the NHL, oh, for and, what it's worth. And again, a, a quick text here defending the Canucks. Shut up. They've been missing their number one goalie for most of the season. Most teams will be struggling. Give it a break. Even with Thatcher Demko, is this team a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? No, their blue line is egregiously bad. Right. Terrible. Okay, great. So even it even you'd probably be even worse if Thatcher Demko was there. And before then you'd probably be even a fringe playoff team that you can't even have good chances to get into the draft lottery. And Thatcher Demko didn't have a great start to the season anyways. Let's not pretend that he was having a Vesna caliber the, year before he got hurt. The bubble is the worst thing that ever happened to the Vancouver Canucks. Facts. Five games yesterday. Kings beat the Blackhawks 2-1. The Coyotes got by the Golden Knights 4-1. A hat trick for Clayton Keller down at Mullet Arena. They're doing some right down there. Flames got games against the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks this week. Can't be dropping those after Calgary wakes up Monday morning outside of a playoff spot. Jumped by the Colorado Avalanche, who have won five straight. Four points back of Edmonton, who have now won six in a row. Elsewhere, we had the Devils beat the Penguins and the Jets get by the Flyers. Today, three other games apart from the Flames and the Jackets. The one with the Canadian team is the Islanders and Leafs. That'll go at five. Also at five, Panthers is the Rangers and the Sabres take on the Stars. That one from Dallas. The divisional playoffs were a ton of fun as we switched to the NFL. First game Saturday, an injury to Patrick Mahomes made the contest between the Chiefs and the Jags really interesting. Looked like an ankle injury that caused the dynamic quarterback to miss a couple of drives in the first half. Played with a heavily taped ankle. Nevertheless, the Chiefs were too much for the Jags to handle. Really, Travis Kelsey is an absolute handful for everybody. And the Jags have trouble against the tight ends anyways. 27-20 the final score as Jacksonville keeps it close. They, yeah. they cover the spread, which we'd hope that they would do. But the Chiefs do ultimately advance to a fifth straight AFC title game. And credit Jacksonville for, for fighting in that game. A couple costly turnovers there ultimately did them in. But the biggest storyline of the week is how is Patrick Mahomes' ankle going to respond to that? And we don't know. Tony Romo talked about it yesterday in the broadcast between the Bills and the Chiefs. That thing's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. You have the adrenaline of playing in the game. You get it taped up. You get out there. But he's going to be hobbling around this week. And that is a massive, massive question mark heading into that game against the Bengals. Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson just licking their lips, looking at that already. Saturday night, the Eagles were hosting the Giants. This one was not really close. Now, Gamewell goes wide to the far side of the field, empty backfield. Hurts looks, Hurts fires, complete. He's got Dallas Goddard spinning across the goal line into the end zone. The Eagles score. Hurts in the gun. Hurts screams it out on the far side to Devontae Smith. Across the five, into the end zone. Touchdown, Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts had three touchdowns in the first half. The Eagles cruised to a 38-7 victory over the Giants, 28-0 at the half. Uh, even when uh, lose Vikings don't play, they lose. Uh, because that game just goes to show how terrible that Vikings defense really is. That the Giants had absolutely no answer for that pass rush of the Eagles. And poor Daniel Jones is running for his life. The entire game. game. Yep. And, and again, the Eagles look good. They look primed. Uh, good luck to the 49ers uh, next Sunday in the NFC title game. In Buffalo, it was the Bengals and the Bills chugging away in the snow. Cincinnati got an early lead and never really looked back. Short drop by Burrow. The pressure comes from the left. He throws oh, it the Caught at the Get nine. In. Chase straight ahead nice. into the end zone. Nice. Touchdown on the opening drive for Cincinnati. Pump fakes to the right. Oh, got throws to the got end him. zone. It is caught <laughs> by Hayden Hurst. Touchdown. <laughs> Bengals. Burrow sucked the Bills in with the pump fake and Hayden Hurst was wide open at the goal line. 
17-7 after the first half. They would extend the lead to 27-10 in the second half. Josh Allen and the Bills offense never really got into a groove. <clears throat> the Bengals' patchwork offensive line able to keep Joe Burrow upright. He was only sacked once the entire game. So the Bengals and Chiefs will now play a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game at 4.30 on Sunday. Uh, thank God the Bengals won that game because we'd be talking about the Jamar Chase catch. That was a catch that was ruled not a catch. I don't want to talk about it because no, they won. But yeah, Again, like, luckily we don't have to yeah. do that. And a lot of chips on the shoulders of the Bengals talking about, hey, better go get your refunds for those tickets in Atlanta with that neutral site game. I'm sure Roger Goodell was heartbroken that he didn't get to play his bowl game uh, between the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, next weekend in Atlanta, but full credit to the Bengals. Uh, I think we've, I think as a collective, we've still, we're still not giving Joe Burrow enough credit. We were talking about Josh Allen and how he's going to take that next step and be the MVP. Uh, he struggled in the back end of the season. Team still put up a ton of points. He was careless with the football, and the Bills really missed Brian Dayball calling plays. Mm. It wasn't as explosive, it wasn't as creative, and the Bills have a lot of question marks this offseason. What do you do? Does Leslie Frazier keep his job as a defensive coordinator? You look at all these numbers. You look at all the underlying numbers, the DVOA, the analytics, the Bills were all great. But when it mattered most, they, they wilted. And the Cincinnati Bengals dominated that game yesterday. The Bills need to go grab another second, a, a number two receiver to compliment Stephon Diggs. Who was very mad with Josh Allen. They need another uh, more creative offensive coordinator to maximize Josh Allen. But credit to the Bengals. And honestly, Maddie, with what's going on with Patrick Mahomes' ankle, you got to like Cincy's chances next week in Kansas City. And they've already beaten them the last three times they played them. Just saying. Back to back? I don't know. Arrowhead? What I, a world we live in where the Bengals are good. I ain't afraid. World. Finally, Cowboys from the 49ers. Cowboys eliminated by the Niners last year looking for a little revenge, but that would not be how it goes. Robbie Gould kicked three first-half field goals, another in the fourth quarter. The Niners had just enough offense to get past the Cowboys, 19-12 to the final score. I don't know if you thought the ending was totally bizarre, George, but Dalton Schultz with two lazy plays at the end to set them up for just one final play, an absolute Hail Mary. And the final play was a mess. Final play, it looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the turpin. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. And if you haven't seen the video, you have to watch it. They did a weird formation. Ezekiel Elliott snapped the ball. They had all he their... Got blown up right when he snapped all it all of their linemen out on the outsides. Zeke gets just smoked. They make a quick pass. The receiver gets tackled immediately. If you were watching live, it felt like it took them four minutes to try and come up with this master play, and then it just fell flat on uh, its face. Uh, again, um, if I would have told Patrick Wayne on this too, if I would have told you guys uh, the Cowboys' defense would only give up 19 points Sunday in San Francisco, you would have said what? Probably going to win that game, right? That's not bad. No, he did a good you job. You like that? Yeah. yeah. 19 and, points. And good. only one touchdown, really. Right. And, field goals. And you know who else? You know what else played really well for the Cowboys? Their special teams was excellent. Setting up the Cowboys in the right spots. You know who didn't play good? Dak Prescott. Rain Dakota. Yeah. He ain't it. I think we've seen enough. Like, they, they're giving this guy $40 million to be a franchise quarterback. He got outplayed by a rookie making his seventh start in the league. He was not good. He led the NHL in inter uh, NHL, the NFL in interceptions. He can say what he want about, oh, I got to be more careful next year. The Dallas Cowboys can't win the Super Bowl with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. I'm sorry. You can't. 
You Se- can't. $70 million tied up between him and Ezekiel Elliott next year. And even and even uh, Jerry Jones called him out after the game. You can't get outplayed by a rookie playing her seventh game. Yeah, Dak, great, fine. He looked like a fourth rounder yesterday. And he looked like uh, there's a decline. Ever since he got that high ankle sprain last year yeah. when the Cowboys were the number one offense in the NFL and they looked unstoppable, he hasn't been the same. And his decision making's no good. And some of the throws he made yesterday, he was missing guys wide open. Even on that crucial third down playing the fourth, where he threw it behind CeeDee Lamb, you gotta have that play. And credit CeeDee Lamb. He was fantastic yesterday. The number one problem with the Cowboys, well, there's two. Their head coach isn't very good, and their starting quarterback isn't very good. The rest of the team, there's a lot of talent on that team. Defense he just is ain't stacked. It. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to win the Super Bowl with that guy as your quarterback. I don't know what they do. Do they go make a trade? Do they call the Packers and try to swing some sort of deal for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? I don't even know. But they can't win the Super Bowl with that guy. We've seen enough. We've seen enough. And he, I know he picked apart a bad Tampa Bay Bucks team, but when he had to elevate and do it against the Niners, he couldn't. And he was bad yesterday in the biggest game in I don't know how many years for the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers will play the Eagles for the NFC Championship Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Raptors had a doubleheader over the weekend real quickly as we're up against it, but uh, they were able to beat the Knicks by a 125-116 to 116 score while falling to the Celtics 106-104. to 104. The Aussie Open, Felix lost on the weekend, so Ugh. we have no Canadians left. Uh, quarterfinals go late Monday night. Your boy's got a, a big match. It's probably the, the the highlight match of the quarterfinals. Yeah, he's playing the Rublev. five versus the four seed. Yeah, he's playing Rublev in the quarters after uh, he crushed Di Minor, uh this morning like a grape. How about Ben Shelton against Tommy Paul? Two yeah, unseeded two Americans. Americans in yeah. the quarters as well. And Djokovic would get the winner of those two. So it's an easy pass. Okay, to the so Djokovic, if he gets past, if he gets past okay. yeah, but nobody cares about the tennis, so it's fine. Brooke Henderson kicked off the LPGA yes! season with a bang, wire to wire winner of the HV, HGV Tournament of Champions in Lake Nona, two under in her final round, Re- sixteen under on the weekend. Real quick, she's the most underrated Canadian athlete right now. Thirteenth tour title, right? Her, like, and she's what twenty one? Patrick? Yeah, she's getting no love, I believe. Yeah, yeah, a most underrated. Elite Canadian athlete. Like, we, we talk about all the tennis players, like Felix and Dennis. They won nothing. They haven't won a major. And I know Bianca won a major, but she's disappeared off the face of the planet since mm-hmm. winning the 19 U.S. Open. Brooke continues to be a force on the LPGA Tour. 13 titles, two of them major titles. At the American Express Open down in California, Adam Hadwin, the only Canadian to make the cut, but he didn't really have a chance to win. Uh, John Rahm is playing Oof. some incredible golf right now. <laughs> 27 under on the weekend. And locally, just a couple of notes here. The Hitman had a three-game weekend. Rough start. They lost Friday. They lost Saturday. But Sunday, they were able to beat the Red Deer Rebels for the first time this season. The Rebels are a wagon in the Eastern Conference, so that was a big win for them just to be able to kind of get over that mental block. And then the Wranglers won both their games against the Abbotsford Canucks over the weekend. Connor Zary had a first-star performance with a goal and two assists in a 5-4 shootout win Friday. Saturday, a 5-3 victory. They'll host the Ontario Reign at the Dome Tuesday and Wednesday. And one CFL note uh, from the weekend as well, the Stampeders have re-signed Jonathan Moxie to a two-year contract. Uh, played the field corner for them, was a West Division All-Star in 2022, eligible to become a free agent February 14th, but he resigns. Great to see this for Brent Monson and the rest of that Stampeders defense. And good night and good luck to you, sir. And the Rose Report is brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. All right, Charles Davis from the NFL on CBS 
straight ahead. Uh, we'll break down the divisional round of the National Football League playoffs. We'll talk to Brian Hedger, Blue Jackets beat writer for the Columbus uh, Dispatch at 730. And we're still taking your text messages. Your chance to win concert tickets at 8 o'clock. Give us your borderline radio-friendly Johnny Goudreau chirp. The best chirp will win concert tickets. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.